The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show. Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich. I'm Toden from Toden's Media Litter Sandwich. And yet that's two websites, Toden.com, MediaLitterSandwich.com. Want to be the first person to listen to me? Check out the Patreon, Patreon.com slash Toden. It's more than just a podcast. There's also some video stuff that I want to go back to do. Uh, I used to do a lot of film stuff. I like to go back to do some of that stuff, plus all the convention things. I need a little support. So does everybody. Look me up or just share this. That's the biggest help. And if you can't be the first person listening, you can be the second person listening, at least on radio at dvradio.net, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm in the chat room. Yes, the radio station's veteran-focused, but anyone could come in. Anyone can hang out, and it's good stuff. They have a lot of good shows and support a good charity over there, DV Farm. Um, And today, we're talking... More art, and we're talking fandom, and we're talking all sorts of stuff, and maybe a little bit of Tumblr, too, because <laughs> who still uses Tumblr to host their main web page? Who does that? I mean, <laughs> Tumblr used to be, like, a, the go-to place for a substance that, we, we, that, that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast. So... I, I always thought it was weird people use it as a blog, but to use it as... All right, you got to explain yourself. Please, please introduce um, yourself and <laughs> and what you do, and then I, we'll get to Tumblr. I, 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 my name's Catherine Crenshaw. Um, I use the studio name Galactic Dust Bunnies, and the webcomic that is still hosted on Tumblr, I love that you went there because I think there's a, you're, not, you're the second person to make fun of that. Um, in fact, there's a whole site that was something like, and those idiots that are still using Tumblr or something, I'm like, that'd be me. <laughs> um. Well, I know people that use a, for social media, I'm on Sayscape. Um, I have almost went to BitChute for video. So those places are absolutely empty deserts. Yeah. I'm not on my Tumblr. I can't say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The webcomic is State of Disunion. So it's stateofdisunion.tumblr.com. And, um, I, I am I, w- I started it there because um, in 2014 it was where I had the largest audience on my main blog on Galactic Dust Bunnies. Um, I haven't really built up an Instagram following, and so I had a larger following on Tumblr. So that made sense. If I'm going to do a big announcement, hey, go find me here. It made sense to stay on the same platform. And at the time, uh, Tumblr had a really good interface. Um, and at th- and then uh, 2015, 2016, I had a kid. And since then, I have not really had time to sit down and figure out Webtoons, sit down and figure out the better sites. <laughs> and um, because my state of disunion, it's, a, it's from the sound, it's slightly history um, and therefore political based. I'm a little happy being kind of underground, <laughs> kind of on a space that I know rather than like throwing myself out there. Um, yeah, that's the most political comic I've done so far. <laughs> 
That's, and that was just I looked through this. Long. I couldn't find too many like actual political other than other other than if people want. Well, go ahead. Tell tell us what state of disunion is. So it is a history based webcomic. I personify the states and I tell the history of the United States using the different states as characters. And I've also got personifications of like corporate greed, um, different hate groups like the KKK are personified as body lice, um, which I was, I, that amused me to death. Um, and so I kind of try to cover a lot of history that, um, I, I love history. I would have majored in it, except that it's, uh, again, it, it's very political in, in Texas. And I just knew I'd get fired immediately as a t- history teacher. <laughs> While I'm a- looking at California. So, I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> So I, um, I just kind of, I wanted to, to, to merge my love of art and my love of history. And, you know, I grew up reading these incredible political comics uh, with personified um, countries and stuff from World War II, uh, from the early 1900s. And then all the way back to the Civil War, they were personifying the states and using that to tell uh, current events and stuff. But then I feel like we have enough people making comics, making cartoons about political events that are current. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not lacking in that area. And I just... No, and I, most of them are... They, they could be funny, but I, the most that people share on Facebook are written by people that do not follow the news and do not understand what's going on or just trying to push an agenda. And there's such a... There's such <laughs> a negativity. Bad. There's such a negativity there, yeah. too. Um, to and There is. And it also, it's, it's, if you're doing current events, let's just go much, back to Hitalia. Oh yeah. Oh, I, that's how, cause this is how I found out about Hitalia because people would reblog my comic and tag it Hitalia. And I was like, so what is this fantastic adjective that is not apparently a word that I know in the English language that you're describing my comic with? Um, and I, actually the Hitalia fandom has been very, very nice to me and um, I'm somewhat involved with that. I try to keep that very separate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a, it's, it's a different concept. For those that don't know, Italia is an anime. It basically profanifies countries. Meanwhile, your uh, webcomic profanifies state. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I went through her website. So the video version is totally different than the audio version. Um, so I, I'll probably end up going back to your website again here in a little bit. So okay. Italia is, an, it, the difference is one's animated, one's one. You didn't even know about Italia before, apparently. We right. started. Italia is a profound is the animation making of a perf. Per, I can't say this word. Help me. Personification. <laughs> Thank you. Personification of countries, and you know, and it's really funny too because states. yeah, the few times I've had hostile fans, you know, it's been mm-hmm. like, oh, girl, you've stolen the Italia idea, and I'm like, I hate to tell you, you know, the existence <laughs> of personifications. The, yep. the, you know, the whole name of Colombia, everything in the United States named after Colombia is named after the female personification of the United States. It's existed since the 1700s or earlier. Yeah. Hibernia, Britannia, you know. It, it, it's all, nothing new. Mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to use that um, for my, for telling the, the, the history of the United States, because I think there's a lot of stories in there that are so weird as to be comical. Um, although not everything is, I've done a couple that are not really that funny because there's, I didn't really feel there was an appropriate way to make the source to the history of it that funny. Um, but again, getting back to why I'm not doing current events, um, 
it's much more opinion right now. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you to. There's so yeah. much history. Why why right. bother with this when right. when we don't even know what's going on? Anyone right. that's trying to document this in a way that they think is gonna be relevant in 10 years, I I I I wouldn't even I, I, I kind of thought about it as what kind of internet arguments do I want to have with people? <laughs> And if somebody, and I have had, you know, somebody get upset, uh, I can't remember the comic off the top of my head, but they were trying to argue that, you know, it hadn't been that bad or it wasn't like the way it presented it. I'm like, well, here's 15 sources. You can read these or not, but I am not the only one that, you know, has discovered this historical fact. And, and, and you know, so there's, there's much less, you um, can still say that how I present it could be political or how, you know, and, and there's, everybody has a bias. And um, I think that's another thing that I'm trying to show or, you know, cause I make, if you've seen my comic, then you see that I'll make extensive notes. And even in my, um, the comic is printed, I make extensive notes. And I'm also trying to present to uh, younger kids, how you research or how you look at sources, because, you know, a lot of times they're looking for like the perfect source or the perfect person to present a fact or something like you're never going to find that. You've always got to vet your historical source and figure out what their bias is and how they're presenting it. Because oh, there's always going to be some sort of weird, bizarre bias. And um, and so even in how I present it, um, I think I did one on um, Montana and how Montana became a territory. And it was definitely anti-corporate railroad. I mean, I, I felt like, um, oh, my early comic, my homemade comic. I'm not, I'm not making them anymore. I have them professionally printed now. <laughs> <laughs> that was me cutting it out and putting it together with staples and duct tape. But, um, yeah, let me see. I can just. I'm just saying the random button right now. Uh, so. Oh, no problem. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's always going to be a way in which you present history that is biased, but the facts are, I think, more cohesive and it's more fun to pull from that than to try and do anything right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, there's, I, there's just, we've never been, I don't think, um, well, I think there's only been maybe two or three other times we've been more decisive, decisive and uh, th than we are now. Um, there's so, been very few times. Sorry, I, I was laughing because I heard I have heard someone say, "Well, the United States has never been more divided." I'm like, <laughs> I will argue that. <laughs> yeah, I almost said, "I'm like, wait." There. I will. <laughs> there's a little thing called the Civil War, right? Right. And, um, you know, and there was a lot of division there. Well, I, I think <laughs> a war fought over that. Uh, well, a bunch of things, but I, I'm going to stop right there. Okay, so you're doing, <laughs> so you're doing the state of disunion. Mm -hmm. I assume you're going to have a website at some point and get away from Tumblr, or um, at least use Tumblr and the website. I'm looking to go to Webtoons. Um, I'm looking to go to Webtoons. Okay. I'm not um, crazy about coding my own website right now. If you look at it, I haven't updated it since January. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not atypical. It's just. Um, oh, my website's at least absolutely terrible. So I'm not even. <laughs> yeah. So it's I'm, I'm hoping to move to Webtoons or a couple of things like that when I kind of um, started up again. Um, you also notice it's been on hiatus since I had my second child. Um, I have not found a great balance of 
doing the update, getting everything done because um, again, being old school, it's all, it's not digital, it's all watercolor. Um, and it's, it, I haven't had the time to just sit down and, and do the watercolor pages without a toddler or a ba- infant ripping my uh, brush out of my hand. So, <laughs> um, so I used to do, and I, I need to go back to this format where I used to do one watercolor panel a week and then I would do a sketch comic. And that was my favorite format that was working really well and then kind of got disrupted. Um, so hopefully I can get back to that. But, um, but yeah, these are all actual watercolors. I'm a, I'm a watercolorist. Nice. By, um, training. So in poor New Mexico, she had the last big comic that got abandoned uh, and never got completed um, on how her state came to be. So I need to finish that one up. <laughs> I actually really like that. So that's one. Oh, you just went past one of my last political, one of my other political ones. Um, that was just a terrible, terrible, again, it's a sketch comic and they're done very quickly. It was a, a terrible joke about Obama being a lame duck president at the time. Okay. And I think Illinois had the most, Illinois as president, I think had the most um, uh, current event jokes that I would kind of do about, you know, not so much anything that Obama was doing, but just the concept of the lame duck president. Or I think the very first one I did was uh, Texas refusing to, to step down from his position. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> That's not so much a political commentary. It's just in the character that I've created for Texas. That's in his personality that he's not going to want to step down from being in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. One of my favorite um, comics uh, has uh, Texas trying to start a club of all the other states that used to be republics or independent in their own rights. Um, No matter how brief. I mean, California makes the big deal out of its little republic. And I think it was like... A week, well, maybe. you think, what about Pennsylvania? Aren't they the only state that's still a commonwealth? Yes, yes. Um, Pennsylvania. Um, but the one that was actually the longest was Vermont. I uh, thought Pennsylvania was still a commonwealth. No, no, sorry. The one that was actually an independent republic. Okay. Like, not a commonwealth, sorry. The independent republic um, as was uh, was Vermont. Vermont lasted the longest. as, okay. um, And then Texas was the most uh, recognized. Yeah, we had the most. Well, Texas is the size of a of a small country. Well, it, it got the most international recognition. Um, yeah. Although I think you, I don't think the UK ever did. The UK was kind of like, I mean, you're a thing, I guess, but we're looking at our diplomatic relations, and no, <laughs> we don't want to make Mexico mad right now. I can't remember. Well, there was, it was the UK or France or someone in Europe didn't want to didn't want to make Mexico or Spain mad. And I don't want to blame any history teachers because this is really how our state and I think a lot of states dictate that you have to learn dates, you have to learn names, events, a couple of battles, and you're good. And it's really boring. It's just and, a few and, memorization things and not yeah, that the understanding. And there are so many really interesting stories in history and, mm-hmm. and that connect. And I think that if you don't tell history as kind of a story and how it, you know, an evolving story, then yeah. it, really feels pointless and how it's relevant because now we have so many current events that are going on and people are like what you know that people don't understand why it's important um at all um and i know i'm going to release this in a couple weeks so some of the stuff is definitely dated i try not to go too much on current affairs but one example i constantly see is 
in Michigan, we had a protest a few weeks ago, and we're going to have another protest tomorrow. So everyone's watching. They're going to like, oh, they did it again a few weeks ago. Like, hey, what's um, Michigan going to do today? <laughs> so I'm very interested to see what's going to happen tomorrow because uh, a few weeks ago we had a protest in Lansing, and there's been pictures of all these you know, people with weapons uh, inside our Capitol building, which was legal at the time. Um, and all the all the police in that city, uh, you know, they all said they act. They didn't violate any rules. They didn't. They right. weren't threatening. They didn't do it. Meanwhile, our governor says and says the opposite. Um, look at look it up. She says the opposite of what all the official statements from the police say, um, which she wasn't even there. Uh, <laughs> And um, now they're saying that they're going to, tr- um, if they have weapons, they might uh, arrest them if they're brandishing. And then they gave a whole new definition of, of brandishing that I've never heard before. Uh, and they're like, and they're saying this is absolutely terrible. This is never- it's like, wait a second, California had this in the 60s. And uh, when they made those laws about open carry over there, a lot of people complained that was racist racist because of the Black Panther Party. Hmm. Well, I wonder. And that's one of the reasons I don't want to do current events because yeah. I should argue about the NRA helping to get the Tommy guns banned. And I've actually yeah. had someone tell me the NRA didn't do that. I'm like, I'm not just being pro, you know, anti-gun. This is actually something they do. There is a reason we can't have Tommy guns and the reason is the NRA. I learned a long time but, ago, don't argue about stuff you don't know. <laughs> if I don't know that exact thing, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And really, in that topic, I know what I know about that topic is that fully automatic weapons are currently illegal. So it doesn't matter what I say about it because it's currently illegal. And a lot of people think that they're still legal, which is very, very funny. So, right. so at the end of that, whatever they say, it's like, yeah. They're illegal right now. But yeah, so that's that's kind of why, you know, again, this, 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 all of this is just on why I don't want to do current events because I'll, I'll stick to history and I'll stick to what, you know, you can get. And, and what can be fun, though, is if you do have two competing interpretations, you usually, I can usually find two states that will take those two competing mm-hmm. interpretations and actually talk about them. And they should. Or sometimes I have to bring a state in. I did one about the very first black senator. Uh, Harem Revels, and um, he was at that time. You did not get to vote on your senators; it was elected by your mm-hmm. state, uh, by your state senate. And so they had this um, back and forth between the um, oh, golly, the radical Republicans and the Southern Democrats. So reverse the sides. <laughs> and um, I actually brought in South Carolina to represent the Southern Democrats because otherwise Mississippi's talking to himself. But um, but it was kind of fun to, to bring those two and, and to use actual quotes and first, you know, um, sources and stuff. And uh, that one, I think I had an explanation on this myth that gets handed down that um, Harem replaced uh, Jefferson Davis, uh, the former um, president of the Confederacy. And he took his Senate spot. And that is wrong. But it's wrong. Uh, not for no reason, but because the uh, senator from Nevada decided that that was the better story. So when he gave a speech about how, you know, it was great providence that they were the first black senator was going to replace the former president of take the Senate seat of Jefferson of the former um, 
Confederate president. And that's what got picked up. His mistake in his speech is, you know, of course, that's fantastic. It's happened so many times. But it was fun to actually use that speech and actually talk about how it's not true, but it's become a story of. Mm. And even if it's not true, it was still significant. His his election hit what he did. Um, and that whole story there was still a very interesting story to tell. Um, and it was just also fun to have Nevada be that over enthusiastic character. <laughs> So but, you're so you mostly were focused. You, you're taking a vacation right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say a vacation, but you're on hiatus from this right now. Right. Um, so when you were focused on on the um, state of disunion, you were going to conventions. Yes. What were yes. like? What do you do? Just go to my website, or do you have merchandise? No, I have merchandise. Um, so, so like I mentioned, I have uh, a comic. So this is the comic. Okay, and so you have like it in a, print too. Yes, yes, and it's a like awesome. comic book textbook. So um, I include a lot of my notes, a lot of the information, because this is meant to be informative. I mean, it's meant to be a way to introduce you to history, to leapfrog off of, to learn more of the ideas and stuff, um, and go research the things yourself. So I included a lot of uh, notes. Um, oh, this is another current event one uh, that involved France. Uh, but if I do current events, I try to find something that's not the current focus. That's an interesting story, but not a major focus. Um, So yeah, so I sell this and I've got uh, this little companion book, which is, I just wanted to do a shot at a more traditionally formatted um, comic. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little black and white wordless story. It's, it's starring Wyoming who Wyoming, who's uh, deaf in my comic. Um, that came from my husband. My husband uh, uh, was learning ASL at one point and asked if I had any deaf characters. I was like, well, no, but I will now. <laughs> and this was back very early creation stage where I was trying to go through all the states. And, and again, I want to cover different aspects of American culture. So I want to have as many representational characters as I can. So I can cover disability law. I can cover uh, women's equality. I can cover, you know, a different representation of transsexual um, characters, things like that, LGBT rights and stuff. So I have all of those in different characters. Um, so Wyoming is is um, a deaf one. And they had some very early deaf schools, but um, it was mostly, uh, Wyoming was mostly chosen at the time because um, most of the other characters um, that already had very strong uh, uh, representation in deaf schools and stuff had already, they had too much already. Um, mm-hmm. I had already done comics with them where it wasn't going to work now, you know, they'd already been a speaking character or a hearing character. Mm-hmm. So I really couldn't go back then. I didn't feel like I could rewrite the character that much. And I hadn't done a lot with Wyoming and so they did also have very early deaf schools. So I, I went with her. Um, but she's also a mining character. So this was uh, just a quick little story about, um, you were mentioning folklore. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my main favorite American folklore char- uh, creatures are the Tommyknockers, which are little mining critters. And uh, America went for, probably because of, of our very heavy uh, Puritan and, and culture and all of that, we have a much darker take on the Tommyknockers than like Wales or Cornwall or anything like that. Um, and I, I just love it because they're so obviously the Koblenai from Wales or the knockers from Cornwall, where they're the little critters that live in the mines and they'll knock and tell you something, you know, let you know there's a cave in. 
We call them Tommyknockers. We renamed them, and now so they're are these ours. actual people or are these animals? Like what? These what? are little. These are little imps. These are like ghoulies. Um, okay. Oh, okay. So they're little ghoulies. Aww. They're called Tommyknockers, and there's all kinds of fantastic variations on do they knock to warn miners of cave-ins? Do they knock to cause wet cave-ins? Do they knock to tell you, hey, there's jewels over there? Do they eat your souls and trap you underground forever? It really depends on um, which version of the legend you you find. And uh, America tends to have some of the darker ones. Um, <laughs> but I went for- As we tend uh, to. <laughs> I, I went for the, the friendly, um, trying to warn you of cave-in knockers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, obviously the, the problem is that uh, Wyoming can't hear them. So they're trying to come up with a different way of warning her of cave-ins uh, other than knocking because she can't hear when they knock. So it's just a fun little random story that um, I sell as a companion piece to my main comic. And then I've got, um, which I could not find. Uh, let me see if it pops up here. Sometimes it shows in my other thing. No, okay. No, I have got a couple of other little tiny mini zines that I'll sell. And then I've got a whole range of the different state stickers and stuff that I sell at conventions. And um, I basically just the state stickers by themselves. Each one of the avatars looks pretty cool. So I could totally see people (laughs) buying them just based on their looks and then learning about them. I have actually, um, the most popular one is Maine. Okay. Um, Maine is a spooky little ghost girl. She sells very well. And uh, in fact, I sell usually people don't even care that it's Maine. I'll just sell prints of her because she just looks like a Victorian horror child. And uh, people just really love that aesthetic. Uh, Maine has wonderful ghost stories and also Stephen King. So that's where that came from. Uh, I, I, I joke that I do so much research. Great stories, not so great movies. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 she, I joke so many times. I'm like, I do all this research. You know, if you ask me why a character is like how they are, I have usually a lot of different um, reasons why I chose that made the choices I did. And then May, I'm like, yeah, I read a lot of Stephen King and she just had to be spooky. I lucked out that they actually have a lot of ghost stories and a lot of haunted forests and stuff up there. But I didn't care. She was going to be spooky. <laughs> So you're telling me that you didn't just go to a lot of cons to sell, but you have been going to cons for a very long time. Yes. Now, I've only so far had one other guest that started going to conventions as young as I have. Um, how, now I went, I started going to conventions. My dad told me I was about four. Um, so I don't remember <laughs> when I started going to Star Trek conventions, but oh, I'm told I was four. <laughs> my first ones were Star Trek too. So my dad, um, had a comic store when I was growing up. I love going to a convention and especially one that goes across generations. One that has, you know, uh, uh people in their twenties or younger, and then you got people like in their forties, like usually you got the star Wars people on this side and then all the anime on this side, but it's still cool to see them, the, the mix, the, the last convention I went to right before the lockdown was, uh, uh, I went with one of my MST three K jumpsuits with, with my own, some of my own patches on it. And, um, I borrowed a costume for my nephew, which I made him watch Akira the night before. I had an Akira set up for him. So, so he wore my, uh, well, 
Canada um, out, motorcycle outfit. And he was like, all the old people, all the people my age or older you know, would yell at him. Well, first I'm like, is it the white Michael Jackson? And then they'll see the pill on the back. Like, ah, Canada. Um, and then all the young people are like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. And then I'd walk up to them and start making fun of them, especially if my camera was on. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't come back more though. I, I've definitely seen some younger kids starting to cosplay that. So I feel like that is starting to be pick up being known. I haven't um, seen a lot. I know they're working on the live action again. So I, it, it may just be, um, Maybe it's just a Texas thing. I don't know. I can definitely think that I saw some kids. Um, but then again, some people look younger than they are. So maybe they were my yeah. age and they were not graced. With I my think the only hair. reason so many people knew the MST3K get up was because Netflix did another series. Um, of course, I, I was wearing the old school red jumpsuit, but. I'm trying to think. I've done. I do uh, Constantine and you're mentioning Hitalia earlier. Oh, yeah. My Constantine gets mistaken for the Hitalia England. Um, oh. And it's, I mean, I, I have joked before that I could, I mean, I do the same character. I, yeah. I, I use that wig. Some characters are way. just slightly and, different, like Trigon and uh, uh, um, Alucard. Yeah. Well, just slightly uh, Cast, different. Castiel from Supernatural. Um, okay. if, I, if, if I'm going to do like my lazy cosplay, I will do um, England from Hitalia. I will do John Constantine and I will do Castiel. Because I can do all three of those with like just basically mix and match the clothes. <laughs> because it's all some variation of white shirt, tie, jacket, and then two of them have a blonde wig. And then I'll just do a female Castiel because I've yet to find a brown haired wig that yeah. works for that. All my cosplays are glazy <laughs> cosplays because I learned a while ago if I if I do too much of a good uh uh character because i used to do a lot of mario ones i used to you know um i'd got you know shave all all this you know and and just have my very italian mustache and do an irl mario wearing a real uh overalls and 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 red right 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 and and a red trucker hat with an m on it uh versus the really cartoony stuff they sell at the store usually people like to do an over you know cartoony version of mario um so you look a little bit like a better version of the movie version yeah um yeah because it's all real clothes and more so more of an irl type thing um though i thought about getting a prosthetic nose because i always thought that would be really cool um and a little <laughs> bit freaky was we have the big prosthetic nose and, and sometimes i'd wear the cartoony big white hand so it looked like i had boxing gloves on oh that's funny um but I, I, I'm, I'm there as a media person. I'm there with a camera. I'm interviewing people. I'm running around. And that's so hard to do when I have people wanting to get pictures with me. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's freaking amazing. And I love it. And I go to conventions with my hair and three foot Liberty spikes just for fun. But when people are trying to get pictures with you and you're like, hang on, get, get, just, just give me one minute and, and right. running and you're, you're, you know, I'm holding my camera getting somebody and they're waiting for me. Well, and I, 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 it's I have the same thing because I vend. And yeah. so there's a, there's a thing of how much do I want to vend? How much can I wear and still have the mobility to pick things up and not worry about my costume falling off or, um, no. And, and so I have to keep that in mean, how, how comfortable am I going to be? Because mm -hmm. 
you know, I can't go to my room and take it off if it gets annoying. You know, I'm at, at this table. I'm going to be stuck at this table. So that has to play into. And then there's there's the, um, you know, you mentioned Hitalia, and that can be, a, that's a very um, divided area. So am I going to like cosplay something that, nope, that somebody's going to avoid my table because I'm cosplaying and maybe they hate Sailor Moon. You know, maybe they're like, if I see one more female Sailor Moon. And so I'm like, you know, I have to take that into account for my business. You know, can I work in this costume? Is it something that I'm going to come up and having people trying to start something with me? Because that seems, you mentioned Tumblr. I had someone start something with me over my New Mexico character, which, you know, um, she's very traditional. And my re and they came at me and they're like, so you couldn't come up with a better New Mexico outfit than a, than a stereotype. It's like, okay, hang on, because... First of all, I know you haven't actually looked at my comic because then you would have noticed that in other comics, she's wearing blue jeans and a shirt because she's a rancher. And she doesn't always dress in the very traditional uh, Mexican, I, I'm blanking on the name for that dance out, the dancing outfit, the, the very beautiful. Part of why I draw it is because when I was a little girl, it was the most beautiful dress I had ever seen. Okay. And I wanted to wear them. And I thought they were absolutely gorgeous. Like those women, like you have little girls that like Disney princesses and everything. Mm -hmm. To me, that was better than a Disney princess. I would watch those women at the state fair and I would watch them dance. And I was in all of that. Uh, and the dresses just flowing out and it was beautiful. But New Mexico has such a, 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 a had such an issue with their Spanish, with getting accepted as a state. Their Hispanic heritage was such a barrier to that, that she will dress very often, very in your face, Hispanic culture, here I am as kind of a, a middle finger to a mm -hmm. lot of the people that stopped her from becoming a state for uh, one, she had one of the longest times from being a territory to being a state, not the longest, but one of the longest because of the politics, because of racism, because of so many issues. And it, it related a lot to the Spanish culture. So I was like, that is why she wears what is considered a stereotypical Mexican outfit when dealing with the other states, because she wants to be very clear to them that that is her culture, that she is Hispanic. When she's at home and chilling with Nevada and Arizona and Texas, she's wearing blue jeans and a shirt. And I have done both comics with her in both outfits and the person never responded. So that ended that. But yeah, the, the very first, so that's one of the first fights I had was someone trying to say my Hispanic character was too, People want to get offended, and it's good to start that conversation. Well, and it, and I, that's one of the reasons why I have multiple Hispanic characters, because, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons where you have stereotypes is, you know, I grew up as a little girl, mm -hmm. and you would always have four boys and the girl. Yep. And she's always blonde. Like, one of the reasons I loved Kitty Pride was she was one of the first brunette characters that was not a villain that was a girl. So often the dark-haired character was either nobody, nobody cared about the brunette, or the villain. And so I love that Kitty Pride had the big bushy brown hair and you know looked like me. So I have I have great sympathy for that because that's you know I latched onto the first character I saw that looked like me. Yeah, um, she was she was supposed to be she was in the X-Men 89 pilot <laughs> as well. Um I used to have the arcade machine, which was awesome. Um <laughs> which I still had that. Um and then uh when the 1991 uh animated show of x-men came they replaced, they replaced her with jubilee because marvel is still trying to make jubilee a thing 
Um, <laughs> I like Jubilee. Sure. I she, like her too. Her, her, just her whole look is so fun to draw. I love getting commissions for Jubilee because she's so fun to draw. And it's like, um, it's like the Mohawk Storm. That look. I love Mohawk Storm. Oh my gosh. I just drawing Mohawk. that look. There are some characters where I'm like, I don't, I cannot tell you very much about them. I'm going to be honest, you know, I, I don't want to pretend to be a big fan when I'm not, but please ask me to do it. Please give me a commission for them because I just love drawing them. Uh, Vampirilla. Yeah. Vampirilla is another one that she is just fun to draw. Uh, my actual exposure to Vampirilla has been very limited. Um, and I'm sitting on like. I just knew she was like, part of the comic book store that I wasn't allowed to go to. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Um, I have them now and I just have never gone back. Um, uh, and looked at them, but I mean, there are characters that are just fun to draw. And I, in fact, um, I don't know if you know the Constellation, the the Facebook group Constellation. I just put up a whole bunch of the um, cancellation, cancellation. Con- no, it's Constellation. So C O N Constellation. So they're punning off of cancellation. Okay. And it's a Facebook group, and it's like a big online con. And so I just posted one. I met you in. <laughs> I want to say I. Yes, that's that's it. Why am I asking you this? Oh, because it's late. Oh, that's I always thought it was cancellation. Con- okay, it's no, consolation. it's consolation. Okay. You never noticed? <laughs> no, I kept thinking it's like it's cancellation con, or I was, or it was um, oh something else con. I, 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 I didn't notice. I, I feel, I feel dumb. Well, I feel <laughs> dumb telling you the, about the Facebook group that, that I got this, that I met you on, but there's like three or four of them. So, I mean, yeah. I was thinking maybe it was another one. Um, uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I yeah. just posted a bunch of the, the commissions there that I get. And it's just the funnest thing doing commissions at cons because people will have the most interesting ideas um i think i posted one that was loki with the weasley twins and a tardis and i don't know what that person was going through you know like what personal things in their life led to that combination but that was fun that was fun (laughs) um i got to do speaking of x-men they were like okay so do you know the cannonball special with cyclops and wolverine and yes i know that i grew up reading those comics yes it's like okay calvin and hobbs doing a cannonball special like for Halloween dressed as Wolverine and Cyclops. And that was fun. And that was adorable. Um, You know, so it's just really fun to be at conventions and get to do these commissions. And that's something that's changed recently. And I I don't want to say it's something that's changed across the board because it may just be Mm -hmm. my personal experience. I'm getting less commissions now. When I started doing shows professionally in 2009, I would have to close down commission things and I don't anymore. More people are coming in looking for ready-made prints or they're looking for keychains or bracelets or, or use what I call usable art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand that I've got, I've gotten to the point where I have three portfolios of art that I've bought from artists because if you go to conventions for so long, you run out of wall space, you run out of, of space for these things. So you know, I now have binders and portfolios and stuff of people's art because I'm not going to stop buying art. But I can respect that people are now like, well, do you have this on a dish towel or do you have leggings or, you know, things like things that is what I call usable art. Yeah. Um, so I'm not getting as many commissions as I used to. And that to me, uh, because that used to that that's such a fun part of it is, is a little bit of um, of sadness. <laughs> I miss that. I miss when I used to get 
these weird, crazy, constant stream of ideas from other people uh, to, to, to illustrate for them. So that, that's, that's been, yeah, it's, 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 it's been sadder. Um, and then because they're so big now, I can remember the last time I tried to do Akon, I never even saw all the artists. Yeah. And so it, the art, the, um, some of the, some of the bigger cons are so big. If you're not there for three days, there's no way you can see everybody. Yeah. It's, That's how I feel when I go to, uh, if you think the comic cons and, and anime cons are that big, you should try going to uh, an audio visual trade show. It's it's it that's those are I thought going to like VidCon and and all the Comic Cons were you know took me a while to get around and then I started going to professional audiovisual shows in like Las Vegas where they take the Las Vegas Convention Center they take all of the Las Vegas Convention Centers. Uh, including the big parking lot and, and between it and the <laughs> upstairs, downstairs, that built every single oh my God. Uh, <laughs> like you you I'd be there for four days and still not hit every single booth. Um, wow. Yeah. I can't imagine that because if I wasn't a vendor, I could hit every single booth. Eventually, yeah. in, in three or four days, I could hit every single booth in these artist alleys. But being only there, you know, all right, I've only got this much time to be up and stuff like that. So I know I'm not getting the interaction that I used to because mm-hmm. everybody, you know, some people can only afford to be there one day. So those people I may not see at all. Yeah. And it used to be, you know, smaller. You at least saw everybody once. And that's not, I'm not saying that as a positive or negative. That's just a thing. You know, I, I, a lot of people like the smaller ones too. I go to, you know, I, 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 I have a local guy, uh, uh, John Callal, not his real name, but that's what you go by. He would do about 20 comic cons a year. Not, not, that's not including the ones he would actually attend. Uh, those are just the ones that he would run. And all of his cons were one room, and everyone, all those vendors that they didn't know each other, they knew each other in about two or three hours and everyone just kind of hung out. So when people come by, everyone knew each other. And that's also why I'll go to, I'll go to a crafting show as an attendee. Um, oh. I, I, I very rarely will do actually cover a craft show, but because I have enough friends that do craft shows, I'll go as an attendee and hang out with them. And it's just, it's just so much fun because it's a totally different side of things. We just talk about meeting people. So this is um, the comic of, I called him my con neighbor. Okay. Because for what, for, well, there's a, when the, one of the show that's eventually become one of the biggest comic book shows in our area, Fan mm-hmm. Expo, when it was smaller, we were constantly con neighbors to the point <laughs> that we just started being like, hey, you buy the electricity and share with me and I'll buy it next show. Because <laughs> you know, we would just start requesting to sit next to each other and we just do and, and it gets to go back and forth. So that's how I met him. Um, this is the this is another independent artist, um, Show Enough Studios. It's run by Halo and Terry Parr. They're very active in the art scene, the indie indie artist scene down here. And I met them at a show. Uh, my husband actually met her husband first because they are giant um, Sentai team nerds. <laughs> and I don't super sentai. super sentai. I'm sorry, I've been corrected from off camera. Super Sentai team. Power Rangers. At Tower Rangers. Power Rangers. And so they were talking about that and then I met them and they a lot of money. Yeah. So so it's just fun meeting people like that and, and that's 
I don't want to call it networking anymore because I'm actually, you know, friends now with these people and, and that we met through shows. We met because we were close and we kept doing the same shows over and over again. And finally you're like, you want to go get dinner? I mean, I see you, you know, I see you constantly <laughs> now doing these shows. That's how I met my co-hosts uh, when I first started this podcast was, uh, my, you know, it was just, we we're going to, I see you guys all the time. Let's come on, do, do, do the first episode with me. And we're like, you know what? Do the second one too. And then <laughs> I did my first hundred episodes. Oh, I was gonna say, you talk about cons changing and stuff and, and getting involved. I think I also, um, you know, one of the reasons I started doing this was because of the influence of my dad going to cons with him, but also because he used to do these in the seventies and do fanzines and stuff. In fact, I've got, um, I uh, thought you would appreciate this, the, the hunter with the unicorn. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and, an old, and so these are some of the things he'd have in his shop with old fanzines and stuff that he'd collected as a fan, which, you know, the internet stuff is now the, the continuation of that, the digital age version of all the fanzines and stuff. And so I grew up with that. I'm like, you know what? I can do a webcomic. I can do these fanzines. I can do this stuff. And, but because I've been all these shows you know growing up with this atmosphere and, and seeing all these things and that's um you know all, all this the, the camaraderie that you're talking about and stuff like that and I and I, I've, I've always grown up with that so I think it was I I don't know it was an interesting continuation of the 70s fandom my dad was in and then he brought me into the fandoms in the 90s and the conventions and stuff and then that evolved into my involvement with the Harry Potter fandom, which is the first time anyone took me seriously as an artist. You know, I'd always kind of fooled, I was in arts, I was taking art classes, you know, I was, it was my major, so I was obviously paying to go into it, but the first time anyone took me seriously was with this fandom, you know, and approaching me to help do merchandise, going, no, you know, you're really good and stuff, and that just slowly evolved into doing, having tables at shows and doing web comics and stuff, and it's, it was an interesting, atmosphere to to evolve in the the fandom atmosphere hey, it's been great having you on i know we went way over so i'm gonna have <laughs> fun editing this so if I you know. want the whole uncut version check out my patreon just go ahead and look up patreon slash toten and please go ahead and plug everything you want to plug plug websites shops all work. right so let me plug this. This is figure fanzines. This is my not webcomic art. I do something called Space Mermaids. So it do they is, have bubbles? Yes, they have bubbles in space. It is it literally, I'm on the Space Mermaid kick. So um, if you think these are cute, I, I'm drawing these right now. And uh, I, sell, I sell big posters. I sell stickers. And um, just because my husband brought this over, I can at least bring this up. I do. And where can they find the Space Mermaids online? Space Mermaids is my website, galacticdustbunnies.com. Um, you mentioned I have a Tumblr. Basically, if you look up Galactic Dust Bunnies, I'm not NASA, so ignore the NASA stuff. But uh, galacticdustbunnies.com is my website. Uh, I'm Galactic Dust Bunnies on Tumblr and on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, Twitter on Dust Bunny Art, but I forget that Twitter is thing that I can put art on. So like, unless you just want to see me occasionally be random, don't, you don't need to follow my Twitter. It's, <laughs> it's not private, but I'm not, I, I cannot tell you the level of, of pointless that Twitter is. 
Um, and I am sorry I didn't get to talk. Well, you see, it's saying it was kid friendly. Um, I am a horror fan. I mentioned Robert England, things like that. Uh, so I do have a horror section of my art. Um, let me see if I can pull up. This is one of the kid friendlier ones. So I do have, I'm hoping. Oh, there's big, that Vampirella uh, influence there. Oh. I feel a little bit of it. Yeah, I could show you. I actually uh, got a commission of Vampirella. Uh, they didn't work at a commission me because they didn't think I could draw it because you got to keep in mind everything I do is like kid friendly at my table mm -hmm. and cutesy and stuff. And I did a sketch and I won that commission off of two other artists. He was like having us compete. <laughs> and so I was, I was very proud of winning that, but, um, but yes, yeah, so um, I, I've got a collectic, I've got a eclectic taste in art and uh, not as, not all of this is kid friendly as my web comic or as my normal stuff. So there is a horror section on my website. Um, I, I know I got people that like horror. I mean, I like, you know. <laughs> On my Facebook, you've probably seen me interviewing <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman. So I'm still so mad at coronavirus because this is going to be the year I got into horror cons or started pushing my horror con art. And now I'm just like, nope, nope. And that's my pterodactyl screeching um, in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Toden from Toden.com. And if a friend shared this, you're just trying to figure out what you're watching. You're watching medialittersandwich.com and on many, many podcast apps, including Spotify, Podbean, Mixcloud, and the video versions on YouTube. Or you could just go to the actual um, websites and see the video version and audio versions. There's extra stuff on Patreon. If you can't do that, that's fine. Totally understand. Share this. You know you know someone that would want to see this or hear about you know, and, and you know, you got kind of friends and people that want to know more history, friends and stuff like that, you know, like it, share it, comment, reviews, all that stuff is huge. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And may the algorithms be in your favor. And the next episode of Media Litter Sandwich. I talked to podcaster, horror reviewer, horror writer, Reed Alexander, how he figured out what works and what doesn't work. And we just talk about all sorts of movies and horror-related things. I watched it and I was really taken by it. And I left a, like a three-sentence review. It's like, yeah, pretty close to the book, pretty interesting. I liked it. I liked their adaptation. A billion friggin' hits. And I was just like, oh, maybe I'm, I'm on to something here.